0: Welcome to the Enter the Bible podcast, where you can get answers or at least reflections on everything you wanted to know about the Bible but were afraid to ask. I'm Katherine Schifferdecker. And I'm Katie Langston.
1: And today on the podcast, we are joined by a very, very special guest, um, Dr. Reverend Dr. (laughs) Shively Smith. She is Assistant Professor of New Testament at Boston University School of Theology and itinerant elder in the American Methodist Episcopal, no, African American. Methodist Episcopal (laughs) Church, pardon me, uh, and a resident scholar at Metropolitan Church in Washington, D.C. So thank you for being with us. It's such a delight to have you.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah. So Shively, um, we're, uh, answering a question that we received on the, um, website. Okay. And just a, a reminder to our gentle listeners and viewers that if you would like to submit a question, you may do so at enter the Bible.org, click on got questions. And, uh, there's a form there that you can fill in, um, And this person um, was curious (laughs) as to why on the Enter the Bible website we used dating uh, conventions Mm -hmm. of BCE and CE as opposed to BC and AD Ah. um, and, um, and wondered you know, why we would do such a thing as that. So maybe we could start with sort of what is the difference between those two things? Yeah. uh, And then maybe do a springboard about talking about time in general in the Bible and in our walks.
2: Yeah. I think, so let's let's do a little bit of defining terms just for anybody that's not sure. So when we talk about BCE and CE, BCE is an abbreviation um, for the meaning of before the common error. And CE is an abbreviation for the meaning for um, common error, abbreviation meaning common error, which um, sort of is analogous to the earlier, older dating system of uh, B.C., which came, which means before Christ, and A.D., which would be in the year of our Lord. So anno yes. domini. So, this- and I
1: just want—I've yeah. had this argument with my husband, so I just need you both to affirm me in this. <laughs> <laughs> he told me that he thought AD meant after death. Yes, and I yeah. said no. Otherwise, there's like 33 years in there that are just not. That's right. I said it means anno domini, right. which is Latin for in the year <laughs> yeah. of our Lord. Yes, and I was right, and he was wrong. Correct, biblical scholars here on this podcast.
2: Um,
0: that is correct. Sorry <laughs> huh? take <there>. that. <laughs> exactly. You were wrong. <laughs>
2: Okay. Uh, I stay quiet on that, Catherine. I'll let you do that.
0: (laughs) We we may be called upon to do some marriage counseling. Yes. In this, I usually try to soft pedal it, but yes, it is not after death. It is Anna Domini. Yeah. Thank you. Thank
1: you. So,
0: and that for a long time has been the way of designating uh the 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 centuries before christ and after christ or in the year of our Lord that's right um and the b c e c e is a more recent development that uh started i think in academic circles mm-hmm. um and has spread somewhat though mm-hmm. you still see b c and a d yeah. and uh i think the the reason being really that that um we just wanted to be a little more uh inclusive yeah. and Or or I don't know what other word to use, but to 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 say, um, yeah, to include other uh, major faiths like Islam and Judaism and so forth. And it's it is it is, uh, I think, important to note, though, that it still means the same thing. Right. That's right. Even though we're saying before the common era in that construction, the common era starts with the birth of Christ, with the birth of Jesus. So. Yeah, We're just trying to be not quite so obvious, I guess.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I think it's important to recognize that the, the BCAD um, timing really does represent a sort of uh, dominant sort of European um, framework that really took off in the 14th in the 14th century. So so um, and, and really was a part of this sort of larger spreading of sort of Western uh, Western timing, like as it moved into other spaces. So I think some of this I know some of this for us in terms of BCE and CE is recognizing the way that other face other people. Um, our date have have different dates, right? They use different points for um, dating, and so there's a very specific specific dating schema that's being used to rehearse history in this way. History that um, divides time um, as um, the birth of Jesus, and for that is a schema that's not the schema for it, for all people, all faiths. We're not even just talking about face. we're talking about even cultural peoples. That's a schema that has dominated for a long time and scholars want it to be uh, more, uh, I would say honest about um, 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 what we're doing and as we're doing some historical reconstruction and work.
0: Yeah, and it's worth noting, too, since um, since we are talking about Bible and uh, and the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, that um, it's actually uh, that, that Jews, just as one example, have a different way of uh, counting years. Yeah. So I, it's something like, I should look this up, but it's something like the year 5,783 years, something like that. I'm not getting it exactly right. You're right. In the Jewish uh way of counting and i should know this off the top of my head but i think it dates back to the call of abraham or is it the creation it's the creation it's the creation it's a creation yeah okay Mm -hmm. okay so i mean so there are different ways of counting years there's different ways of talking about a particular year so that's just that that jewish way of counting is just one example of, of probably many that we could cite
2: and and what I love about what you said, Catherine, even bringing that up, is recognizing the ways in which um, event, faith events, so events in the faith tradition, in faith traditions and communities, are so. Uh, foundational to thinking to thinking about how we're talking about history, how we're dating uh, dating pieces like that Christianity doesn't have a patent on this, that the, the right. other religious faiths are thinking about these sacred moments, these divine creative moments as markers of history and time. And so scholars recognizing that we use the BCE and CE to recognize uh, um, this uh, this notion, these 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 sort of different different ways of marking time.
0: Yeah, and uh, in fact, uh, I'm looking it up right now. The the Jewish calendar, uh, the, the the years are designated A.M., which is Latin for Anno Mundi, not Anno Domini, but Anno Mundi, the year of the world. That's right. Uh, so the starting point uh, uh, as for that. Uh, calendar is as you as you said the creation of the world is described Mm. in the hebrew bible so uh yeah but let's open that conversation up a little larger and talk about um how does how does time work
2: yeah in
0: scripture like uh i i think about verses like you know a thousand years uh in God's sight is as one day
2: yeah.
0: uh, or you know then there's the debate about the seven days of creation or that there's just seems to be um, a different uh, understanding of time uh, I think in scripture than are kind of very regulated at least in the Western world very uh, kind of tied to the tied to the watch tied to the calendar yeah. tied to the um, yeah.
2: days of the week so so I mean one of one of so one of the obvious ways this time is being counted I think in the Bible that we have to talk about especially when we're dealing with um, this ancient world is by, by seasons that aren't necessarily marked by you know winters from December until when does winter end? <laughs> oh, April, something like that. I think it depends on where you live. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on where you live, like Boston, it keeps going there. Minnesota, like, like me. <laughs> December is too late. I'm already it's already cold in Boston by, by December. So, so, um, so there's a seasonal there's there's a seasonal marking of time that's very much built around agri- agricultural um, sort of agricultural mm-hmm. realities mm-hmm. that doesn't get lost actually even when you move into the city. So like when you think of something like um, Paul's letters and we see it primarily in the cities, I mean, the cities are governed as much by the agricultural calendar as the larger agrarian areas because this is where the food for um, the regions are coming from. So one way of marking is, um, is it has to do with seasons and quite frankly, food provision, right? So the Mm -hmm. notion of, 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 of matters of food. Another way that I absolutely love of how history and time is being marked in the biblical text is this constant repeating of the, I would say the repeating of the ancestors, right? Son of mm-hmm. Abraham, son of David, son of, and so but oh. the, the, the marking of time based upon mm-hmm. the matriarchs and the patriarchs, the ancestors of not just the individual, but the community as a way of thinking about where we are in time, what's our role and legacy and connection to the generations mm-hmm. of faith before us, what, what are we to do in our time as continuing that and moving forward. I love the beauty of that, that you experience mm-hmm. in places like Matthew chapter one, or you experience it in places like Hebrews 11, um, that I think I don't, I don't want to miss, um, as we talk about this timing situation in the Bible.
0: Yeah, I think uh, that's beautiful, Shively. I, I think a similar thing happens in like the story of the Passover, oh, yeah. uh, in Exodus 12 to 14 and, or yeah, uh, and in Deuteronomy five, uh, when the the Israelites are about to enter the Promised Land, and Moses launches into a really long sermon that mm-hmm. is Deuteronomy. Yes, right. Uh, but at the and Moses kind of rehearses or, or retells the story of the Exodus there. Yeah. But it's important to note that it's not to those that you know were in Egypt and were and were liberated. This is the children. This is the second generation right. because. All of that first generation has died out in the wilderness. And now the second generation is about to enter the promised land. Um, and, and Moses says to them, the Lord our God made it. This is Deuteronomy 5, 2. The Lord our God made a covenant with us at Horeb. That's just another word for name for Sinai. Not with our ancestors did the Lord make this covenant, but with us mm-hmm. who are all of us here alive today. Wow. Which is on the face of it just is wrong, right? Because right. these... People were not there at Sinai, right? Back in Exodus 19 and 20. And yet they were, right? Wow. In, as you were saying, right? There's there's children of their matriarchs and patriarchs mm-hmm. uh, who came out of Egypt. And now they themselves are called into this covenant, called to renew this covenant in their own lives. And mm-hmm. it's a kind it's not just a remembrance, right? It's not just remembering that. Wow. Yeah. But it's a participation in
2: yeah.
0: that covenant uh, ceremony and in that in in the reception of the law. So yeah. I think about you know uh, uh, Holy Communion or the Eucharist in that sense, yeah. where where yeah. we don't just remember Jesus Last Supper with his disciples, but we participate in it That's in a fine. very real way. Yeah. And at the same time, we're anticipating. The, the marriage feast of the Lamb at the yeah, end of yeah. time. And it's all, and time is just kind of interwoven together like that in such a beautiful and profound way, where we're communing, not just with those in our particular congregation, but with believers of every time and every place yeah. uh, in, in, in this celebration of of the, the feast, uh, of the marriage feast of the Lamb.
2: I love that, Catherine. I mean, I think you're right. And I think I think you're so right in that sometimes we can get so caught up in the BCE and CE schema, like how you said, that we miss that the biblical text is actually inviting us to think about time in a different kind of way, the interweaving of time, right? The and what I love the participation. I think about it as a sort of bringing forward, right? So that these are not just the the faith and the people of the past, but that they are here with us, and we are here with them. So it's a sort of bringing forward and making present among us a faith that our faith, so that it's not a faith of antiquity. It is the faith and the beliefs of of us now um, that I think is so that you see the biblical text constantly doing, whether you're in the Old Testament Hebrew Bible or you're in the New Testament, is this constant remembering, participating and bringing forward. This is Now, this is not just Mm -hmm. yesterday. And this is what tomorrow, like that anticipation that looking forward.
1: Yeah, because there's there is also that future element coming into the present as well. This sort of you know, you hear the phrase now and not yet. That's right. That in Jesus, you know, Jesus has the kingdom is coming Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and it's here, but it's not fully here yet. (laughs) And so there's both the there's both the reaching back and as well as like the reaching forward kind of consolidating in in this present in this present moment in our lives in the sacraments in our service and love and care for one another
0: and in our in our faith yeah I should I should have mentioned too right in communion just as you said Katie would not we're remembering and we're looking forward and we're remembering not just Jesus' last supper right. with his disciples, right. but the Passover meal itself, right? That's because right. Yeah, in right. three out of the four gospels, that is the Passover That's the meal That's right. that Jesus is eating with his disciples. So we're yep. in a sense, like back here at Deuteronomy, right? Not with uh, not with your ancestors did God make this covenant, but with mm-hmm. you who are here alive today, right? Were right, right. Every generation that hears those words, every generation of believers, both Jewish and Christian, uh, participate in that, in that. Salvation in that story of salvation.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think I love I love thinking about time this way and pushing it to say the bifurcation that B.C. and C.E. can make sometimes if we get we can miss what what brought close and nearer in uh, in the biblical text. So these stories are being brought close, even this Jewish and Christian. Um, what I'm hearing, Catherine, is even this sort of Jewish versus Christian gets brought close. We're all having the Passover meal, Lord's Supper meal. I mean, like this is this is a faith that is shared uh, mm-hmm. among us, a holy space that is shared among us um, that I think is so important to retrieve and embrace as well as we think about this notion of time and history and what scholars yeah. may or may not be doing.
0: <laughs> yeah well i i I'll just add one small caveat just, just um i I have been part of churches that celebrate Seder meals, and I have mixed feelings about that yeah. right because there is yes. it, there's something really rich about understanding the deep history underneath the the Last Supper, you know as a Passover meal, and yet at the same time, we don't want to be super sessionized, right We don't want to say the Lord's Supper replaces that Passover meal, which continues to be a huge part of, uh, of Jewish life and liturgy and and worship uh, today. I I can't help but mention if we're talking about time, the concept of Sabbath, of course, Mm -hmm. or the theme of Sabbath, which, which is just such a beautiful concept. And it's, it's, the rabbis talk about it as a sanctuary in time. Ah. Right. So, not a physical sanctuary not a not a you know temple or a church or a cathedral mm-hmm. as beautiful as those are but but a sanctuary in time so it's mm-hmm. a a time set apart to participate in the life that God intends for all of us and and the rabbis even talk about uh, that sabbath observance as a kind of as a kind of foretaste of the eschatological you know the messianic age right mm-hmm. when the lion will lie down with the lamb and uh, you know and and peace and justice will 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 be present will you know be spread over the earth the, the kingdom of god come near so that that idea of a sanctuary in time i think yeah. is just a beautiful concept that uh too often we we christians may not um well uh, reap the rewards of that yeah
2: To hear you talk about that, Catherine, makes me think of someone like Howard Thurman who starts talking about these spaces of rest and stillness. So it's not the how the So for me, I always think about Sabbath and talk about it as a this is this is a time of stillness, especially now in a world that is constantly going, everything's always going off all of of our devices. You're probably you know people listening to this, you probably have a device going off right now. And you know and all of this. Sabbath Sabbath becomes Hmm. a part of our faith and traditions that invites us into a, a stealing moment of being deeply present in creation and in a, in, a, in a in a way like and so it's not just rest and not doing anything no we're talking about about a deepening a, a deepening of our awareness of our yeah. connectivity to each other to the earth to god who is greater and the gift the gift of that—that um, that I think we can—we can miss all the rest of the days. So just hearing you say that made that co- come up for me. Of thinking about, mm. Thurman invites us into not—not not just getting quiet. I'm not talking about get quiet enough, but can you get still enough? As mm. um, mm. a Sabbath invitation, that is, I think, very important to um, the care of our faith and our being, our personhoods in this faith.
0: That's and beautiful. That's right. I, I didn't know that Howard Thurman talked about that. That's mm-hmm. thank you. Thank you for, uh, for
1: that. Yeah. And uh, just because I'm a nerd, I do want to mention that <laughs> recently <laughs> well, we will leave a link in the show notes, everyone's like, Oh, is she going to say recently, they did figure out how to make a virtual wormhole <laughs> Which is a connection in the space time continuum they did with a quantum <laughs> computer.
2: Mind blowing. Just
1: goes to show. I think it's important. No, I I'm like I'm, it's nerdy, but I do think I it's important. It. Like, we're so regimented, especially in our Western capitalistic, you know, um, democracies <laughs> and like in, in our culture, we're so regimented down to the millisecond. Yeah. But the reality is that. Is that time is a construct, That's right? right? Uh, in in many ways, and and I think God um, probably isn't bound by the same construct that we are as far as time is concerned. And so there are ways in which I think the scripture and our spiritual practices invite us into um, kind of resisting that mm-hmm. as the define as like a core defining characteristic characterization of our lives, right? God invites us into moments of stillness, into moments of bringing the past and the present and the future together into one, into moments of of healing and um, transition and all different types of times and moments that aren't just like the linear clock going on and on. And that's right maybe one day we can go through a wormhole to another time and or place i'll go with you katie <laughs> <laughs> i have a list of places <laughs> <laughs> I like to check out, where are we going, so. are we going? <laughs> <Back of> bags. <laughs> Well, I,
0: I'm not going to hold my breath for a functional room. It's
1: probably, a, <laughs> speaking of time, it's probably a few, you know, thousand years away. But, you know, some, <laughs> someday. Someday.
0: <laughs> All of those science fiction movies that talk about true time. travel, yeah. but. exactly. But it, I, it I really, better. I appreciate this conversation. I know that the, the listener just wanted to talk about BCE and CE mm-hmm. um, and maybe didn't like that change from B.C. to A- an A.D. But I hope that this conversation has um, explained that uh, mm-hmm. and also just uh, made our listeners, made you, our listeners, think about how, how do you think about time? How do you experience time? That's right. Yeah. Uh, and are there ways in which you can resist um, the kind of 24-7, you know, world right. that we live in to say, no, the, there's... God uh, has made us in such a way that uh, that there is need for rest and uh, and there is need for renewal and there is need for that kind of sanctuary in time where we can be present with our loved ones without you mm-hmm. know uh, screens and we can be present with those who uh, have have gone before us, which is what you started with mm-hmm. Shively, right the sun son of Adam, son of David, you know, daughter of Eve. Yeah. Uh, we we are not um, just ourselves. We are part of a long story.
2: Yeah, I love Hebrews 11 here. We are a part of, we have a great cloud of witnesses Amen. And yep. that we ourselves get to join and be a part of. And may we please participate in that witnessing work, which transcends time, transcends time.
1: Amen. Beautiful. Amen. 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 Well, thank you so much, Shively, for being with us. Um, This has been a wide-ranging and wonderful conversation. Um, And for those of you who are joining us, either uh, on your favorite podcast app or maybe watching on YouTube, thank you for being with us. Please uh, like and subscribe, rate and review, share the podcast with a friend, uh, and of course, check out the website, uh, enterthebible.org, for more great conversations, commentaries, courses, reflections um and all a timeline even uh, yeah. <laughs> and, um, is there of the biblical of the biblical world so uh but thank you so much for being with us and uh,
2: we'll see it we'll see you again next time